0: You're listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast.
1: Well, if you have your sermon notes, your Bibles, look with me. This morning, I want to talk with you about leveraging your limitations. Whether we call them limitations, setbacks, disabilities, or weaknesses, we all have them. So the question is not, do we have them? But here's the question, what are we doing about them? What are we doing about those areas in our lives that we would identify as, as weaknesses Rather than allowing our limitations to limit our lives, we want to be those who leverage our limitations. We, we want to leverage our limitations in such a way that we allow God to work in and through our lives. How many of you know our God is a God who can do all things, right? We have limitations, but God doesn't have limitations. And so how can we take areas in our lives that we might see as limitations or weaknesses and allow God to work through them? Because the reality is... We all have limitations. We may be limited in time, talent, money, opportunity, or or you may be limited in maybe a, a physical challenge or a relational challenge, but we all have these limitations. The question again is, how are you responding to them? Will the limitation that you have in your life be a lid on your life, or will it lift you? a greater level of effectiveness So will God work in that to lift you to a greater level of effectiveness so let's talk about this just for a moment limitations again we all have them right turn to your neighbor and say hey you got limitations go ahead and tell them but tell them this God has no limitations isn't that true We have limitations. God has no limits. So when we're talking about limitations, let me give context of what I want us to focus on this morning. Oftentimes, I think we look in our own lives and we say, I can't because of this lid, this limitation. And the limitations really look different in all of our lives, but maybe in your life, it's the limitation of ability. Maybe there's an opportunity that's coming your way and you look in your own life and you say, I don't have the ability to do that. I don't have the talent to do that. Well, in your thinking, that, um, that has just become a lid. It's become that area of your life where you say, I don't have the ability, is that that's limiting you from what God might want to do in your life. Or maybe it's in relation to education. I just had this conversation with someone this past week. They're working in a a marketplace job where everyone else has college degrees, but they don't have a college degree. And because they don't have a college degree and everyone else does, in their minds they think they're limited. However, the reality is, it's probably their experience and their expertise positions them better than some of the folks who have degrees, even though they don't have a degree. But in their thinking... Not having a degree has become a lid, it's become a a limitation on their eyes. Maybe it would be resources or money. You look at what you have and you think, wow, I don't have enough. There's an opportunity to, to be used by God in some way that you might bless someone else, someone in a point of need. You look at what you have and you say, I don't have enough. I'm limited in my finances, so I can't. And oftentimes we miss the opportunity for God to allow. For, for God to bring His resources through our lives, why? Because we we have this limitation, and and the limitation becomes becomes a lid. Maybe it's in relation to issues of the past. Maybe there's something in your past, and you've allowed that thing in your past to become a lid, a limitation. Maybe it was a maybe it's a legal issue. Maybe you have some legal charge that's on your record, and and you see that as a limitation or maybe it's an issue of in the past uh, there's a relationship that went bad and, and you walked through the the horrible challenge the horrible process of divorce and and you've been thinking maybe that that issue of your past that failure of your past restricts you or limits you what in your thinking again what have you created you created a lid a limitation that I think God might want to work through so limitations we all have them what, God, what might God want to do through them? The weaknesses, the disabilities in our lives. Let me, let me share a couple stories with you that illustrate, I think, further what I'm talking about. We have a lady in our church family, a sweet lady, who's been uh, diagnosed with cancer. The disease that she has is cancer. And the result of this illness, she's in either her second or third round of chemo treatments. And this medical path that the doctors have chosen has resulted in her being at times really sick, being weak, and oftentimes she has to be isolated from crowns because of this, this path of treatment. Yet, in the midst of her limitation, how would, many would say that's probably a limitation? Her, her illness is a limitation. In the midst of her li- limitation, she, she continues to do like amazing things. We have this ministry called Room in the Inn. It's where we bring homeless to our campus uh, in the winter months and uh, serve them a meal and they spend the night here and then they're back into the city the next day. Although because of her condition, she couldn't be in the crowds. Even in her situation, she was preparing all this food, uh, having it brought here to the church so that our neighbors could be served. What She's leveraging her limitation. Out of her situation. She's not allowing her situation or limitation to limit the good that she might do. And I kind of have been watching her a bit. And it's amazing. Everywhere she goes, she's using her situation and her story and what God's doing in her life to encourage others in their dream. What's she doing? She's leveraging her limitation. There's another great story. The story's about... A man by the name of Nick, possibly you've heard of Nick or seen him on um, some television programs. Nick was born without arms or legs. Yeah, This is a picture of Nick um, born without arms or legs. How many would say that is a limitation? Would you agree with me? I mean, look at the picture. A limitation. What I love about Nick is Nick's not allowed his limitation to limit what God could do through his life. I mean, he could have said, Hey, I've got a disability. He could have just whined and complained and kind of said, Hey, I'm not going to do anything with my life because I'm limited. I have I have a disability. But he's not done that. What he's done is quite the opposite. He's leveraged his limitation. And he has this ministry called Life Without Limbs. And he literally travels all over the world sharing a message of hope. And kind of the main focus of his message is: listen, there's nothing in your life that has to limit your life through God. All things are possible. Well, he's traveling all the world. Matter of fact, I tried to get him to come and speak at Grace Covenant. He was booked three, three years out. Traveling all over the world. About two months ago, he was at one of my, one of my friends' uh, church in California, Pastor Jerry Derman, who was at The Rock. And Nick held six, uh, six events, six nights in a row. And they had over 20,000 people who came out six nights to these events. Over 2,000 people accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. (laughs) Folks, that's what you call leveraging limitation. Allowing God to work in and through an area that someone else might say that's a weakness, that's a disability. Yet in that place that God would want to bring his greatness in our lives. This is what I think we learned from Nick and his example. It's this. Limitations in our lives do not have to limit what God can do through our lives. God can actually leverage our limitations to do greater things. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, God can leverage your limitations. Go ahead and tell him. He can leverage your limitations. And we see this throughout the Bible. I mean, there's story after story, but let me highlight really quick just four stories. There's Moses. There's Moses who we know is the great leader and the great deliverer. But it's interesting, when God first invited Moses to be a part of delivering his people from Israel, if you remember, Moses said, hey, I can't talk. I'm not... i am not Fluent in speaking. I'm not a good communicator. In other words, Moses was saying, God, I can't do that because I have a, a limitation. And it's interesting, God leveraged Moses' limitation and Moses became the great deliverer and the great leader for the nation of Israel. There's, a, there's another story of a, of a lady named Rahab, Joshua chapter 2. Rahab was a prostitute. Now how many of you say, that's quite a pass, right? Quite a pass that could have become a lid, a limitation, Rahab could have said, hey, I'm a prostitute. God could never use me. But if you read her story, it's quite amazing that Rahab the prostitute actually became the lady through which God used to bring about the destruction of the city of Jericho and conquest of the nation of Israel. Not only that, Rahab the prostitute married a Jewish man and became a part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Amazing. But God leveraged her limitation. Then there's the story of David. 1 Samuel 16. David was just a shepherd boy, a run of a kid. And he's on the battlefield. He hears this challenge from Goliath. Then they put armor on David, yet the armor was so big. The Scripture says the armor that they tried to put on David, who's going to go face Goliath, the armor was so big he couldn't even move. Talking about having some liabilities. Compared Compared to Goliath, I mean, David had some limitations. You know, you read the story; it was through David's limitation that God actually took out the giant. What David or God leveraged David's limitation to do something great on the battlefield. Now, I could go on and on with stories, but these stories tell me this: is that the limitations in our lives, what we might call as what we might see as a weakness, does not have to limit the work that God can do in and through our lives. So rather than denying our limitations, we need to embrace them and to discover, uh, and through that, discover what God might want to do through our lives. About, I don't know, five, six months ago, I was watching a TED Talk. And if you're not familiar with TED Talks, TED Talks are like short, brief talks that are right on point. They're either motivational or informational in content. Uh, and they really um, made some great stuff through the TED talks. But I was I was watching and I came across this TED talk that really motivated me, encouraged me. It gave me insight into my own life concerning limitations in my life. And I have some limitations, like you. I have some weaknesses. I have some issues that um, that I have allowed to be a lid in my own life. And as I watched this TED talk, it It really helped me see my limitations differently. It it helped me better position myself so that God could work in my life and through my life. The TED Talk is presented by a gentleman by the name of Phil Hanson. Phil Hanson, and it's titled Embrace the Shake. Now, we've condensed this down to about five or six minutes. You might want to check the the talk out at length. Um, But I want you to watch this video and hear how... Phil Hansen took a limitation and turned it in a way that's pretty amazing.
0: So when I was in art school, I developed a shake in my hand and this was the straightest line I could draw. Now, in hindsight, it was actually good for some things like mixing a can of paint or shaking a Polaroid. But at the time, this was really doomsday. This was was the destruction of my dream of becoming an artist. The shake developed out of really a single-minded pursuit of pointillism, just years of making tiny, tiny dots. And eventually these dots went from being perfectly round to looking more like tadpoles because of the shake. So to compensate, I'd hold the pen tighter, and this progressively made the shake worse, so I'd hold the pen tighter still. And this became a vicious cycle that ended up causing so much pain and joint issues, I had trouble holding anything. And after spending all my life wanting to do art, I left art school, and then I left art completely. But after a few years, I just couldn't stay away from art, and I decided to go to a neurologist about the shake and discovered I had permanent nerve damage. And (laughs) he actually took one look at my squiggly line and said, well, why don't you just embrace the shake? So I did. I went home, I grabbed a pencil, and I just started letting my hand shake and shake. I was making all these scribble pictures. And even though it wasn't the kind of art that I was ultimately passionate about, it felt great. And more importantly, once I embraced the shake, I realized I could still make art. I just had to find a different approach to making the art that I wanted. I ended up having an approach to creativity that completely changed my artistic horizons. This was the first time I'd encountered this idea that embracing the limitation could actually drive creativity. At the time, I was finishing up school and I was so excited to get a real job and finally afford new art supplies. I had this horrible little set of tools and I felt like I could do so much more with the supplies I thought an artist was supposed to have. I actually didn't even have a regular pair of scissors. I was using these metal shears until I stole a pair from the office that I worked at. So I got out of school, I got a job, I got a paycheck, I got myself to the art store, and I just went nuts buying supplies. And then when I got home, I sat down and I set myself to test to really try to create something just completely outside of the box. But I sat there for hours, and nothing came to mind. The same thing the next day, and then the next, quickly slipping into a creative slump. And I was in a dark place for a long time, unable to create, and it didn't make any sense because I was finally able to support my art, and yet I was creatively blank. But as I searched around in the darkness, I realized I was actually paralyzed by all of the choices that I never had before. And it was then that I thought back to my jittery hands embrace the shake. And I realized if I ever wanted my creativity back, I had to quit trying so hard to think outside of the box and get back into it. I wondered, could you become more creative then by looking for limitations? What if I could only create with a dollar's worth of supplies? At this point, I was spending a lot of my evenings in, well, I guess I still spend a lot of my evenings in Starbucks, but I know you can ask for an extra cup if you want one. So I decided to ask for 50. Surprisingly, they just handed them right over, and then with some pencils I already had, I made this project for only 80 cents. It really became a moment of clarification for me that we need to first be limited in order to become limitless? Or what if instead of painting with a brush, I could only paint with karate chops? (laughs) So I dip my hands in paint and I just just attacked the canvas and I actually hit so hard that I bruised a joint in my pinky and it was stuck straight for a couple weeks. (laughs) What if I didn't embrace the shake? Because embracing the shake for me wasn't just about arts and having art skills. It turned out to be about life and having life skills. Because ultimately, most of what we do takes place here, inside the box with limited resources. Learning to be creative within the confines of our limitations is the best hope we have to transform ourselves and collectively transform our world. Looking at limitations as a source of creativity changed the course of my life. Now when I run into a barrier or I find myself creatively stumped, I sometimes still struggle, but I continue to show up for the process and try to remind myself of the possibilities, like using hundreds of real live worms to make an image, (laughs) using a pushpin to tattoo a banana, (laughs) or painting a picture with hamburger grease. One of my most recent endeavors is to try to translate the habits of creativity that I've learned into something others can replicate. Limitations may be the most unlikely of places to harness creativity. But perhaps one of the best ways to get ourselves out of ruts, rethink categories, and challenge accepted norms, and instead of telling each other to seize the day, maybe we can remind ourselves every day to seize the limitation. Thank you.
1: What an amazing story. Rather than allowing his shake or his limitation to rob him of creative ability, Phil Hansen actually embraced the shake. And as he embraced the shake, not only did he make some, some great discoveries, but he was able to create art that that he had never created before. Rather than allowing his, his limitation to rob him, it actually stirred something within him. It inspired him. And I believe that Phil's story gives us insight to the very thing that can happen in our lives. That those areas that we have been looking at and saying that's a weakness, that's a limitation, that's a disability. Could it be that it's in that very place that God would want to bring His grace, His power, His provision in your life and through your life? It certainly was for the Apostle Paul. We have his story recorded in First, uh, excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter 12. The Apostle Paul had a weakness in his life, or we we might call it a limitation. He had a limitation in his life that um, that frustrated him, uh, frustrated him to the point that that he became really serious in prayer about this weakness, this limitation, this lid. If you will, looking to the scripture, 2nd Corinthians chapter 12, beginning with verse 7. Paul says to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations. So God was revealing all of this truth and, and knowledge to, to Paul. So to keep him from becoming conceited prideful, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Notice my power is made perfect in your weakness, in your limitation. Notice then Paul's response. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecution and difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. The text tells us here that that Paul had a thorn in the flesh that was given to him. Now, we don't know exactly what the thorn in the flesh was. It's interesting, if if you do some research, different scholars say different things, there's Some scholars who would say his thorn in the flesh was a group of Judaizers who thought it was their job to bring legalism, so they were like constantly on Paul's last nerve. That's what some scholars would say. Some scholars say, no, the thorn in the flesh was actually a physical ailment. Some even say it was a potential sight problem, vision problem. The bottom line is we really don't know. Uh, And I think, this is just my thinking on this, I think that Paul's thorn in the flesh is not defined, and Paul could have clearly defined it if he wanted to, or God could have had him define it, but Paul doesn't define it, and I believe it's not defined, so for all of us, we can embrace the spiritual lesson that there is within this text, within Paul's story, because as Paul had a thorn in the flesh that was a limitation, so we all have limitations, And it's there in the limitation that God says, Paul, I'm going to manifest my greatness, my my grace, my power, my provision in and through your life. So what Paul saw as um, a point of challenge, it was actually, as God saw it, a blessing in disguise. So here's Paul. He's praying three times, God, would you remove this thorn in my flesh? God chose not to remove the thorn in the flesh. Rather, God chose to work through through that limitation to bring Paul to a greater level of effectiveness. And it's interesting what Paul saw as an obstacle, God saw as an opportunity. I think that's interesting. What, what Paul saw as something that limited his life and effectiveness, God saw something that would lift Paul's life to greater effectiveness. What Paul saw as a limitation, God actually used for his good and God's work. Notice after Paul prayed three times, God, remove this. This is what God says to Paul. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to manifest my power in your weakness. I'm going to bring my grace, my greatness in your weakness. In response to that, Paul says, then, I'm going to boast all the more about this weakness, this limitation in my life, so that God can bring his greatness in a greater way so basically i think what paul's saying here in this text is i'm going to leverage my limitation i'm going to leverage this limitation in a way so that god can bring his greatness in a greater way in my life i believe the great takeaway from this passage of scripture is that the very area we might view as a limitation or weakness in our lives could be the very area that god wants to do his work through that area that you may see as a disability may be the very place that God wants to bring His ability. It certainly was for the Apostle Paul. And our our human tendency is to live in our own strengths and deny our weaknesses, to play down our weaknesses, to hide our weaknesses. And the challenge with that is when you live in your own strength, you're going to get exactly what you can do. How many of you know there's a big difference between what you can do and what God can do? Would you agree with that? Big difference what we're limited, God's unlimited, but when I live in my own strength and my own ability, and I have some gifts, you have some gifts, I have some abilities, you have some abilities. When I live in my own abilities, then I get what I can do. But when I bring myself in such of a way that God can work through me, then I get what God can do. and again, there's a huge there's a huge difference. So Paul here. And this passage of Scripture says, I'm going to boast about my weakness. I'm going to boast about my limitation so that God can be greater and can work greater in my life. So rather than avoiding our limitations, I would encourage you this morning to think about it a different way. Rather than avoiding that limitation, that weakness, that disability, whatever it would be, however you would define it. Rather than avoiding it, what might happen if we leveraged it and allowed God to work through it? From Paul's story, let me give you, really quick, a few thoughts about limitation. I have ten minutes. Four thoughts about limitation. We have to start here. This is a starting place. Everyone has limitations. Right? Everyone has limitations. We're human. No one has it like all together. If you think you have it all together and you have no limitations, let me tell you what you're living in. You're living in denial. Because we, we, we all have, we have these areas in our lives. The limitation could be in your abilities, your resources, your past failures, your present fears, or your own thinking. But what I know is that we all have limitations that God might want to leverage for our good and for his glory. So everyone has limitations. Here's a second truth about limitations in our lives. You can either whine about your limitations or you can embrace them. Whine about them or embrace them. Now, now, complaining about your limitation gets you nowhere and accomplishes nothing. And if we're not cautious and careful, we can spend all of our time and energy whining about our limitations, whining about our weaknesses, whining about whatever the situation might be in our lives. Or we can do what Paul did and we can shift our focus from... The limitation as to what God might want to do, how God might want to leverage the limitation in our lives. You know, one of the great takeaways from the Phil Hansen video is that he made a decision in his life and his decision was this. He was going to embrace the limitation, right? He was going to embrace the shake. And as he embraced the shake, it was amazing. You saw the the video clip. Amazing the art he created. What did he do? Rather than whining about, I've got the shake in my hand. Rather than whining about, my career as an artist might be over. He embraced the shake and made unbelievable art. Amazing. His story is is like a young girl in Romania who was born without arms. Her name is Lorelia In this past March, she performed on Romania Has Talent. Um, And the amazing thing about this young girl, 14 years old, is she was born without arms. And in this show, you can Google it, just just type in a girl playing piano with toes. And it will take you right to this amazing video of of this this, uh, 14-year-old girl, on a platform, playing a keyboard, a piano with her toes and singing the song A Million Stars. It was absolutely amazing. The judges were in awe. The audience was standing on their feet applauding. I mean, here's a young girl who has no arms playing a piano with her toes. Come on, amazing. That. I don't know the whole story of her life. But as I watched the video, I thought, here's a young lady who's embraced her limitation. She leveraged the limitation and and she's producing like unbelievable, unbelievable music. So you can either whine about your limitation or embrace it. Looking back to the text this morning, what did Paul do? Paul embraced his limitation. Verse 9 Paul says, therefore, I'm going to boast all the more gladly about my weakness. In other words, he says, hey, let's throw a party. Let's invite everyone over so I can celebrate my weakness. Because in my weakness, it's there that God's going to bring his greatness. Amazing. So your response to your limitations will determine whether they lift you or whether they limit you really your choice. If you you choose to whine about your limitations, they're going to certainly limit your life. If you choose to embrace your limitations, they can become the very place that God does His most amazing work in and through your life. We have weaknesses. We have limitations. What are we going to do with them? Whine about it? Are we going to embrace it? Here's a third fact about limitations. Limitations stimulate Creativity. It helps us think like of what might be, of what could be. When we're challenged or limited and we choose to embrace the limitation, it empowers us to think outside of the box as to other ways that we might be effective. But when we think outside of the box, what happens? We make new discoveries. I know when I was a child, in our family we had a limitation. The limitation was this, we were poor. We didn't have a lot. And as a result of not having a lot, um, as children growing up, we didn't have a lot of toys. I mean, it was not like we had the iPods and the iPhones and all the gadgets and toys that kids have today. We simply didn't have those because they were not funds. There was this limitation called no money. What's amazing, though, is how the limitation brought about creativity. As a young boy, I could take a stick and turn it into a gun, and me and my friends would play army all day long with a stick. I remember taking a long, slender pole, a stick, tying a string on the end of it, and that became a fishing pole. When I was about three or four, my parents were building the home that we're living that they're living in presently, and I remember taking little wood blocks and those little wood blocks became bulldozers and I played in a sand pile hour upon hour but the limitations stimulated creativity. I think it's the same in our lives. The limitation can position us where we would say to God, what might you want to do? I mean, that's what happened for us as a grace covenant family. Going back about seven years ago, we used to do what I call event evangelism. We'd have these big parties, block parties, and we'd invite people and we would feed them and, and uh, we would um, entertain them and then we would present the gospel. And, and hundreds of people made a decision to receive Christ as their Savior. But what happened is over a period of time, we realized it was not life transformation, We were going back to the same neighborhoods and we realized the neighborhoods were not being transformed. I mean, we're all the people who committed to be a follower of Jesus, yet it's the same neighborhood with the same problems. There's no transformation. And we were frustrated. We were frustrated because we were having converts, but we were not making followers. We we were not hitting our goal of discipleship, of someone's life being transformed. And that became a limitation. That frustration became a limitation. And what it forced us to do is it forced us to begin to ask some really challenging questions. It pushed us into a place of prayer saying, God, what do you want us to do? We really want to be about your work in our community. We want to see people's lives transform. We've been doing this event, evangelism, and it's not working real well. What might you want us to do? And it was out of that limitation that stimulated creativity. And today we have something called the Neighborhood Care Center. That every day is impacting people's lives one person at a time through relationship. And transformation starting to happen. How did we get to the Neighborhood Care Center? there was a limitation that caused us to ask questions and to seek God to say God what might what might you want to do you know if you think about it pretty much everything we enjoy today came out of a limitation that stimulated creativity i mean there was a time where there were there was not light bulbs I mean, people lit their homes with with candles and lanterns and there was a gentleman by the name of thomas edison who saw the limitation and it was a limitation that stimulated creativity. Today, we have what? We have light bulbs, right? Right? I mean, listen, cell phones have not been around forever. Some of you are like, wow, was, there was a time before cell phones. Yeah, there, there really was. There was a time before cell phones. This is going to really uh, date me and where I grew up. But I remember a time when there was party lines. How many of you remember party lines? Some of you are saying, what was a party line? I don't have time to explain it. Ask me later and I can tell you all about it. I used to listen to my neighbor's conversations, which is another story. The party lines and that everyone kind of shared this same phone line. And someone saw the limitation. And out of that limitation, it stimulated creativity. Today we have cell phones and the wonder of technology. There was a time before computers. And some of you are like, wow, before computers. Yeah, there was a time before computers. Someone saw the limitation. They asked this question, what if, and out of the limitation, there was a the creativity. And today we have iPads, iPads and, and laptops and all kinds of amazing technology. Limitations can what, stimulate creativity as to what God might want to bring about in your life. In Phil Hansen's TED Talk, and this was one of the parts we cut out, so that's why I'd encourage you to listen to the whole talk, but in his TED Talk, he made this statement that his ultimate limitation became his ultimate liberation. His ultimate limitation became his ultimate liberation. So limitation in our lives can, can stimulate creativity, bringing us before God to say, God, what might you want to do? In my area of weakness. In my area of limitation. This brings us to the last fact about limitation really quick. Limitations, if properly embraced, can open the way for God to work in a greater way. In a greater way in your life. In a greater way in your situation. In a greater way in that area of limitation. As the Apostle Paul is praying for God to either resolve or remove the thorn in the flesh. Notice what God says to him. Looking back, 2 Corinthians 12, 8, God says to Paul, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient. I'm going to manifest my power in your weakness. I really like the way the message paraphrase states this verse. It says, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. It was through Paul's, it was through Paul's limitation that, what, that God was going to manifest his power, his provision. It was through Paul's weakness that, that God was going to reveal his strength. This miraculous empowerment was going to happen because, because Paul was going to have to get this fully rely on God. And that became the key for Paul. It's not like he could operate out of his weakness and I mean out of his strength because in this area he didn't have strength. He had weakness and out of his weakness, it was there that he was going to become God dependent. And through that God dependency, God was going to work in a greater way in his life. there's a challenge for us. Here's the challenge. In our humanity, we become confident in who we are and confident in what we can do. Confident in our abilities. That's not a bad thing. But we can become so confident in who we are and what we can do that we no longer live our lives dependent on God. Now, if I were to say to you, if I were to come up and say, hey, are you depending on God? You would say, what? He would say, absolutely, I'm, I'm dependent on God. Then here's the question. Why do you live your life like you're not dependent on God? Because that's the danger is we become confident. I can do some stuff. I can, you know, I, can, I have abilities. And in that, we're not living our lives with, um, with a place of being desperate for God, with a place of being dependent upon God. I believe that God was going to manifest his power in paul's weakness because Paul was going to be in a place that he was utterly dependent upon God, and it was there that God was going to bring his greatness and I believe it 's the same in our lives I believe if we if we embrace our limit our limitations if we embrace our weaknesses and we 're living our lives like Man, we're so connected to, we're so drawing strength from God, we're so dependent upon God that it's in that that God will do more than we ever thought He would or we could. Why? Because we're living our lives dependent on Him. That's why I think it's so significant. God would want to. He would want to leverage our limitations for our good, the good of His kingdom. As we're living our lives connected to Him. So my challenge to you today is this. Don't, don't allow what you may view as a limitation to limit your life or limit what God might want to do through your life. You, you want to you be leveraging your limitations rather than being a slave to your limitations. Leveraging your limitations. Allowing God to work through them. So, so here's a question I want to leave you, with this mo- leave you with this morning. What area of your life have you been viewing as a limitation that God might want to leverage to bring about new opportunity? What area of your life have you been saying, hey, that's a disability, that's a weakness, that in that place, that God might want to say, hey, let me leverage that Limitation. Let me leverage that disability. Because I have something greater I want to do in your life and through your life. I want to bring my grace and my power in your life in such of a way that it's going like, to blow you away. And God would want to leverage our limitation. He did it for Paul. Listen, here's the good news this morning. Let you know this. God is no respecter of individuals. Right? No respect of individual. What he did for Paul, he'll do for us. He leveraged this limitation, and in that God did something awesome. May it be true of our lives. So what area in your life, this morning, have you been viewing as a disability, a limitation, a weakness that God might be saying, "Hey, Let me do something amazing in that area as you live your life dependent on me. Would you pray with me, Lord? I thank you this morning for the truth of your word. I thank you for the encouragement of your word. God, I thank you for your work in our lives. And God, that you would want to take an area of weakness, an area that that we've been viewing as a limitation, and Lord, in that you would want to bring your grace and your power. Wow. Pretty amazing. Amazing. So, Lord, this morning, when we just invite you to do that, what you did for Paul, that you were manifesting your power in his weakness, and we would invite you to do the same in our lives. With every head bowed and eye closed, I want to ask you this question really quick because I'm going to pray for you. Maybe there's an area in your life that you've been looking at and you've been calling it a weakness. You've been calling it a limitation. You've you've even been like trying to hide it or living in denial of it. Maybe you've even been praying to God. I mean, Paul prayed to God three times. God, remove this. God, take this. God says, no. Paul, in your weakness, in that area that you can take no glory for, it's there that I'm going to reveal my grace and my power. So I ask you this morning, what area in your life might God want to leverage? What limitation might He want to leverage? If you're here today and you just say, hey, yeah, that's me. I have this area of limitation. I have this thing that I've been calling a weakness, this, this place in my life. But today I'm saying, here I am, God. Leverage my limitation. Bring your grace and power right in the middle of my life work through my life is there anyone who would just by a lifted hand would say hey that's me pray for me pastor I want to leverage my limitation today calling my weakness what it is and I'm saying God here it is bring your greatness right in the middle of my life blow it up bring it on God Oh, this morning I, I pray for myself as well God friends the main floor of the body who have their hands lifted but we're saying there's an area of limitation. There's an area of weakness in our lives. And we're inviting you today, God, to do in us what you did in the Apostle Paul's life. Lord, as we embrace the shake, as we embrace the limitation, as we call it what it is, God, may you bring your grace, your power, and it may it happen in our lives and through our lives in a greater way. Lord, we're committing to live our lives dependent on you. Not self-reliant, but God-dependent, desperate for you. Howard, in that what I know, what you did for Paul, you'll do for us. You'll bring your greatness, your grace, your power right in the middle of our weakness. Do it, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.